0: Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Hey there, friends. This is Tom, or Robots, your host. We just got through E3 and a big event for Xbox and Bethesda and some new info about Starfield and some of the other games that you know I love and you love and I am adding in this bonus episode of what is actually the second episode of a brand new show we're doing called the Xbox Game Pass show and There's a lot of cool information in this show, especially about games like Starfield and some of the things that I think you guys are going to enjoy. So I'm adding this in as a bonus episode. I hope you enjoy it. If it's not your bag, then that's totally fine. Go ahead and skip the episode, but I thought maybe you'd like to give it a chance. And if you do like the show, please make sure to subscribe and listen to future shows where we talk about the games coming to Xbox and game pass and a lot of the other Bethesda titles that are out there. So the, you can get it on whatever platform you use for podcasts. It's up everywhere, and I hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> Sam, we survived. We have survived E3, the Xbox event 2021. We are here. We're we're alive. We're starting another podcast. How are you doing, buddy?
1: It was uh, it was a lot to take in. You know, they packed a lot into that relatively short presentation
0: yes there was a lot there and you know lots of different opinions i've i've been looking at the internet and the internet's gonna do what internet does but i put out a poll oh you know what i, I guess i should introduce us first hi guys this is uh this is our what is this our second third episode, Second episode their second episode man second episode what is yeah. time and how does time work i am your host tom or robots and this is my buddy sam or n7 legend and we're back with another xbox game pass show just in time to talk about some of the stuff that's coming out and some of our impressions about e3 and some other stuff and you know what after the e3 presentation yesterday because this is on monday at ten thirty p.m at twitch.tv slash robots radio um so we just watched the presentation yesterday we streamed it We chatted about it and uh, the the fallout on online, there was a bunch of other stuff. Well, not not the game fallout, the fallout from the presentation, the reactions and responses and things. I put up a poll to see what people thought about it. And I let people vote from like four stars to zero stars. Four stars being, they absolutely killed it. Xbox killed it. Like it's amazing, it's so good. Uh, Three stars. i'm sorry three stars was killed it two stars was yeah it was okay one star was meh and then zero stars was wait total waste of time what do you want to guess was the highest rating we had we had 43 votes that it would probably be 43
1: votes i'm gonna guess uh
0: three stars so 43 votes the it's close it's almost a tie Two stars, pretty good at forty one point nine percent, but in very close second place, is three stars killed it at thirty nine point five percent. So overall, I feel like this averages out to like a like a high B, you know. Like if we were given a school grade, um, we had four, only fourteen percent said meh, okay, and only four point seven percent said waste of time. But it is a poll on the internet, so you could just chalk that up to either ah, just show me the answers or Sony fanboys. You know one or the other could fill in that extra four point seven percent we're gonna get we're gonna get fan hate mail <laughs> oh my god it's not sony fanboys um but yeah so overall some of,
1: some of my best friends are Sony. <laughs> yeah no i mean i love, sony. I love so i, I love know, everything I know I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get text messages about it
0: yeah i love i love everything if if people are doing good work and they're putting out good games out there then i want to support it because i want to be playing awesome games so it doesn't matter to me what platform it's on uh, rising tide rises all ships you know so let's let's talk about game pass what are we talking about today
1: uh sure so there was a lot to unpack and i kind of want to start with something that we probably should have said in the first episode i want to make sure that people are aware about a thing called the xbox game pass quests For every time that you play the games and and there's certain things that you do in the Game Pass games that complete quests or, you know, like Xbox missions, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be on Xbox, it can be on PC or or cloud, of course, Uh, and then you are awarded points, a certain number of points for every quest, some quests are worth more than others. And for those points you can spin them in the Microsoft Reward Store for things like Xbox or Microsoft gift cards. You can spend them on entrances into sweepstakes, or you can even buy donations to charities on your behalf through Microsoft, which is pretty cool. That's um, really cool. And you don't want to sleep on that, especially if you're all if you're already playing Game Pass, you-, you might as well use the points that you've earned. Um I have thousands of points that I have yet to spend. And and fr- uh, frankly, it's just because I forget. I forget that they're there. And then I open up the Microsoft Rewards app on my Xbox. And I'm like, oh, hey, you know, I guess I can get like 10 entries into the sweepstakes. I'll, I mean, I'll never win <laughs> because I've never won a sweepstakes. But Aww. I
0: can dream. I, I right? won a Nintendo so, when I was a kid. You know,
1: from like Sears. True story. I don't think... I don't think I've ever won anything, but that's pretty cool that I, you must've been psyched.
0: Oh yeah. But we already had one. (laughs) We got an extra one. And then, uh, my mom let us take it to like Toys R Us and return it for like Toys R Us money or something. And then we went and picked out some games or something with it. But, um, but it was cool.
1: Man, I remember Toys R Us.
0: Yeah, it was cool. We like walked in the store and my mom was there and the lady had it like behind the counter and she's like, here you go. And it was just like, they just gave us a nintendo it felt almost felt like we were stealing like as a kid it felt kind of like i don't know it was weird i don't want to take too much time with this wacky story but yeah go use your points that sounds awesome i need to look into mine and see how many i have stored up because i haven't i haven't been keeping oh, up yeah, with this definitely. either yeah
1: definitely uh definitely make sure if you're a current game pass user definitely make sure you're checking those points if you're thinking of signing up to game pass maybe this is another reason why you might want to uh just because uh maybe if it appeals to your morality you can earn real life donations to charities just by playing video games that's awesome that's pretty cool yeah um but enough about the game Pass, mom i'm making a difference Uh, in the world just let me keep playing there are new arrivals to game Pass. sorry go on (laughs) exactly i'm actually i'm contributing something okay mom um But there are real, there there are uh, a lot of recent additions. And by recent, I mean, they were just added yesterday uh, to Game Pass. The first of which we're going to talk about is Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yes. Uh, I was previously pretty unfamiliar with this game. Uh, Have you played any of the Yakuza series? You
0: know, we we live streamed. I mentioned this at the intro, I I believe we uh, I do too many shows. We live streamed the Xbox event and we discussed this during the live stream. And I haven't played any of these. Somehow I've not I've just haven't played uh, one of the Yakuza games. And some people absolutely love these. And it turns out they're like super wacky and, and funnier than you would expect. I thought they were like super intense, like. You know, like gangs in Tokyo, and like honor and murdering people to get for the <laughs> person who murdered your friend, and like that kind of stuff. But it turns out they're actually super wacky. Um, I'm going to put them up on the screen while we talk about. It. I'm going to mute the sound though, so we don't get DMCA'd from anything. But if you're watching the live stream or the video, you'll you'll see uh, some guys running around here in some suits, running down a, a street in what looks like Tokyo. So yeah, I, you know what I I got a I don't know, positive response from some of the other hosts that were streaming with us and said that we absolutely should check out some of these games. What do you think?
1: I think that Yakuza looks like it could be really fun. As you said, it looks quirkier than one would imagine when you're talking about an organized crime unit. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think to anyone that watches more than 30 seconds of the trailer that was released and and, and, and all the things that were released regarding it, uh, that this is not... A Western game like it's very clear that it's a Japanese game and if to people who are already familiar with Yakuza the Yakuza um, series this one is ha- features a new protagonist the new protagonist's name is Ichiban Kasuga and I might be mispronouncing that uh, you'll forgive me if I am um, but this does seem like it's an open world ish game and I was looking into it and one of the more interesting parts that I found was that in in yakuza like a dragon they have seemingly went backward in time with combat methods and they went from the the last yakuza game was a real time combat system and now they forge, they feature a four person squad with turn based combat that what, like that sounds like you're going back in time doesn't it that you've gone back 10 years or more maybe more to a turn-based combat system with an open world RPG. However, there's like an ability of players to somewhat interact with the environment and use things like bicycles as weapons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's somebody with a bicycle. I'm sure that doesn't feel good. So I guess that works. Yeah, ching ching. Ching ching, here it comes. Ching ching, MFR. <laughs> ching ching.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. I, I feel like these are the kinds of games like, I don't know, 10 years ago, I would have been more into than I am now. Um, but then again, I did play through uh, what was the series of really wacky games? Um, oh, what was the, uh, the the ones where you were like the gang members? It was like GTA, but it was like super wacky. Um, oh, God, I can't remember oh, Saints Row Saints Row. I played through a bunch of the Saints Row games and it, those were the, game, the kind of games my wife and I would like couch play together. And like take turns doing like ridiculous missions and making our character look super dumb um so if this is kind of tongue-in-cheek like that maybe maybe it'd be the kind of thing that we you know just hang out in the evenings and play just because it's it's super silly um i don't know i don't know i i'd see that this definitely has a an audience for sure like there are, there are people who love these
1: it looks like The UI is very Japanese, um, and I mean that in terms of some of the in-game menus uh, look almost comic book-ish. I don't know if you caught that, but they they look very, very flashy. I I expect a lot of Japanese-style humor, which is very focused around puns and slapsticks uh, type of stuff uh, to be part of a central theme in Yakuza. And again, you know, I could be speaking out of my rear end here. Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna have to play it once it comes to Game Pass, which, uh, or I'm sorry, it's already on Game Pass, so I guess I'll have to play that. Maybe I will this week.
0: Oh yeah, there's there's like, uh, I don't know, six or seven of them on Game Pass. That's the other thing I would have uh, as a question for the audience, anybody uh, who's listening, if we were to jump into these games, which one is the best one to start with? Because there's so many of them at this point. Is it best to go with the newest one or does it matter that we haven't caught up on the story? Like, how does that work? What would you guys recommend?
1: Yeah, I'd welcome people to jump in and, and just tell us, you know, hey, uh, <laughs> this is not the game you should play, even though it was just added. Or maybe it is since it's a new protagonist. Who knows? But uh, we got more games to discuss. So the next one is Doom, uh, and it's the 2016 version. It was just added yesterday as well. Uh, and that is looks like for cloud and console. So this is the first Doom that was published since Doom 3 in 2004. And again, this came out in 2016. It was uh, made by id Software and, you know, uh, I think Bethesda is the parent company of that company, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Doom is. And you have a lot of experience with doom, right?
0: Yeah. Doom is one of my, one of my go-to series. Like I love doom. I love the aesthetic. Everything is so metal and over the top ridiculous levels of gore. This is the game that reinvented doom. Uh, 2016 is absolutely worth playing through. The combat is so fast and you feel like you feel like just this powerful God destroying the forces of hell. it's, it's a phenomenal experience. Uh, the music, the soundtrack, this is one of my all-time favorite, if not favorite, soundtrack for a game. The music is so good. It's just, it's so heavy. Um, there's even a, a a documentary you can wa- watch about, like the, the making of the soundtrack and all the crazy equipment they use to make some of the really... Interesting sounds they use and how they they started uh, trying not to use guitars at all, even though it's a very y kind of soundtrack. And then they only added in guitars as kind of like the last step in the process. Um, but the game itself is if you haven't played it, where have you been? Uh, maybe you're just not into shooters. But this game is is the kind of game that you can just get into. You shoot things. the The way that you get health back in the game is by getting up close to things and doing melee attacks to take them out. So it's these melee attacks that make health pop out of the enemies. So instead of in a game like Call of Duty or Halo, like the lower your health gets or the lower your shield gets, the more you try to stay away from enemies because you're waiting to just charge your shields back up or whatever or heal. This is the kind of game where you don't heal. It's like those old school Doom games where you have to pick up health. But the way you get health most readily is by getting closer to your enemies so you can take them out with melee attacks. So it forces the combat to just keep going. And when you're in the midst of a bunch of enemies, it is it is a visceral experience. It's the kind of game you can sit down for an hour and play and then feel like you just had like a cardio workout because it sometimes it just gets that intense. Um, if that's not your bag, then totally get it. Like that's, that's not what you're into. If you're not into the gore and the monsters and, and you know, beating up demons from hell, then I totally get that as well. If you are into those things, then this is the perfect recipe of all of that stuff.
1: So this sounds like when you were talking about, you know, you gotta get up close and personal and you may lay to regain health. My first thought, of course, because I'm in Seven legend, right? My first thought is everyone who plays Vanguard and Mass Effect would love this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of more like that. Um, The the graphics are beautiful. The sound is awesome. Uh, I can I can tell you from my experience uh, and being being an older gamer at this point because I'm over 40. a little bit over 40, not a lot. (laughs) Um, I played the original doom in high school and I remember sitting in a classroom and I think I was a freshman and the big old sophomore next to me in one of these like mixed classes, my buddy and I were just talking about what PC games we've been playing. And he leans over and he goes, you guys tried the doom demo yet? And we were like, dune, like D U N E like the movie. And he's like, no, no Doom we're like no what's that and he's like i'm gonna make you a copy so he brought in a floppy disc with the doom demo on it and like gave it to us and was like you gotta play this and i remember putting that on and hearing the uh kind of sound like design of it which of course back then sounded like but it didn't matter because in my head it was freaking awesome. You know, being like 15 or 14 years old old or however old old it was. And then when I got doom 2016, I put that, I put the game on, put these headphones on these same headphones I have right here, turned it up real loud. And then I felt like I was like 15 again. I was just like, Oh my God, this feels amazing. This is what that game felt like to me when I was younger. But now is a million times better than that game ever was so anyway i I obviously like this game so yes i think you should go try it
1: so i was also interested to see that there are there's multiplayer with team deathmatch and freeze tag and there's even a level creation tool now that Really uh, reminded me of the old Bethesda games, like when they sent out creation kits with the games, like with Morrowind. That seems pretty cool, and you can you can actually play community made content too. So that's pretty awesome. And speaking of Bethesda, the next game that we're gonna uh, feature, which was just added to Game Pass, is The Evil Within Two. I never got a chance to play the, but. All of my friends told me that it's an amazing uh, horror story and that it's actually pretty frightening. So I can't wait to dive into this one. It's a third person survival horror game uh, published by Bethesda, and it's for cloud console and PC on Game Pass. Uh,
0: Do you have any experience with Evil Within? You know, I didn't play these games. I play most of the Bethesda games, um, but I didn't play these. I watched a good bit of this uh, streamed when it came out from some of uh, the streamers that I like and i thought it looked cool but i didn't pick it up myself um but now that it's on game pass it might be one of those games i just kind of load up and and jump into because you know why not but uh it's definitely a creepy world it's got this kind of uh detective figuring out what's going on with stuff vibe you can see on the screen right now there's one of those i love these like maps on the wall with all the different uh documents strung together with with uh pieces of um, stream, oh, yeah, like and all the that Charlie
1: stuff. Day conspiracy yeah. board,
0: yeah. The conspiracy board. Um, there's definitely some weird. Oh, this is a commercial, we're gonna skip this. Uh, hold on, <laughs> I was like, that's not in the game. Um, people watching the video version of this or the YouTube are gonna be, or the Twitch stream are gonna be like, what the heck? Um, but yeah, no, it's it's cool, it's got a, got a really cool vibe, it's creepy, um, kind of Resident Evil ish, it's in that vein of you know kind of scary games
1: yeah it certainly looks gritty and from what i saw of the gameplay the gameplay kind of looks like uncharted slash tomb raider slash resident evil and maybe that's just the fact that it's a little gritty and it's third person narrative driven yeah sure Um, and it's close up like
0: over the shoulder kind of kind of view you know like uh the way that a lot of the resident evil games are where you're like close up over the shoulder. So you do have a little sense of like what's around your character, but things can still sneak up on you. And everything is, is like the environments feel worn out and old and there's bloodstains and dark corners and and stuff like that. So it's definitely got that kind of vibe to it.
1: I personally, I'm not into being scared, so I'm not sure if it's my cup of tea. Uh, But you know, if it is, definitely if you love uh horror games i have seen nothing but good things about the evil within and the evil within 2 so maybe that's uh up up in your speed but i know for for tom and, and me at least uh this next series of games is definitely our speed fallout 1 2 and tactics are coming to pc with game pass uh did yeah. you hear that did you see anything about that
0: yeah 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 and you know speaking about scary games um i think the older i get the less creeped out I am by stuff, or the more skeptical I am, so the less creeped out I am about stuff. I don't know what it is, Uh, but yeah, like, like I keep on, every time a new scary game comes out, I'm like, ooh, I should, I should play that, like, I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, that seems cool, not like, oh, that's scary, more of like, ooh, I just like creepy stuff, I don't know, Uh, but yeah, Fallout, uh, Fallout 1 and 2 are difficult to jump into, they, they're definitely games built back in the day, in the late 90s, and they feel like it, But they're still playable, and a lot of people who have played through those games will say they're the best in the series still. Um, New Vegas gets a lot of love. The developers of 1 and 2 went on to design New Vegas and write the story for New Vegas. So if you enjoyed New Vegas and you want to see the origins of a lot of that content, then go back and play 1 and 2. If you have any questions about the Fallout stuff, check out the Fallout Lorecast by the way, cuz that's one of the other shows I do. And we talk about we actually have episodes where we discuss the, you know, spoilers, but we discuss the stories of Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. So um and Tactics is kind of the ugly stepchild uh Tactics and Brotherhood are the two ugly stepchildren in the Fallout franchise excluding what some people think of 76. Um but yeah, one and two are good. They're just older and they play differently than you might expect. For example, Fallout 1 has kind of a limited time uh the number of days that you can play through the quests in the game. So it is not a short period, but you definitely have like there's definitely mechanics that are way less common in games today that show up in those games. And you might find them very difficult if you go certain places before you go other places in the environments and stuff. Um, but then we also have, uh, the rest of, uh, the, the releases from Bethesda, like Wolfenstein two and, uh, the death of the outsider, dishonored, um, standalone expansion, which was really cool so if you if you've enjoyed the dishonored games and never played through that one that was the most recent release after the second dishonored game came out that was kind of the standalone release where you um uh, each of the dishonored games has done a standalone release i believe they're both standalone after the main game came out where you played as another character not the main character and you got into the background of the world and and the lore of the world and that kind of stuff. And they're very cool. And the Dishonored games have a wonderful art style. They look amazing. They've got kind of this semi cartoon cell shaded aesthetic, but the world is what they, what people call whale punk where it's kind of like steampunk, but everything's powered by whale oil. And the society has this like slightly futurized, but 1900s quality to it um and if you enjoy stealth games those games are great i mean you could run through and just murder everything but the real way to enjoy them is is stealthy
1: have you played any of those so do i i tried i tried i couldn't really get into it to be honest um but with all of this with with wolfenstein with dishonored and by the way i'm i'm planning to play wolfenstein um Man, I can't remember the name of it, but it looks like it was the earliest released one. It's on Game Pass. I'm planning to play it this week uh, Mm -hmm. in case anyone's interested in streaming it. But what I was going to say is that uh, it looks like they're planning to bring all of ZeniMax media to Game Pass, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm pretty excited for that. You know, what else could they bring? You know, what what are you hoping for in ZeniMax's repertoire that they haven't already brought? For me, I'm like really pulling for some of the older TES games.
0: Oh, yeah, I would love I would love some of the older TES games in a way that is easier to launch them. Um, some of those games you actually have to install, especially if you're playing on PC, you have to install uh, you know, like emulators and things in order to get them to work. Um, so ways to play those more easily. They're difficult. Again, kind of like following one and two. They're old. They're showing their age, but they're you know still playable. You can get through them. And some of them are worth doing, especially for the, the lore aspect. And we talk about this on the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Uh, Lotus of Doom, my co-host on that show, plays through all of these old games. And some of them are just punishing and terrible. But some of them are still worth playing. Especially something like Morrowind. They put, um, is Morrowind on there? I think it is. Is I believe.
1: Morrowind is on there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Morrowind would definitely be. It is be on
1: there. One and check I out. bought it on the store. Mm-hmm. I bought it on the store. Get this. I bought it on the store like a month before I came to Game Pass. And I was like, son of a you know, like, like I could have just waited. But now at least, you know, my girlfriend plays get with Game Pass. And that means that she, too, can enjoy the glory that is <laughs> Dice Combat Systems and, you know, yeah. All, yeah. all of the really infuriating things to modern game players. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Lotus playing those because I've watched a few of his streams where he plays Battlespire. Mm-hmm. And in case you haven't seen any of Lotus's streams playing these, you got to go check them out. It's just, it's just so massive that it's pretty funny uh and i know he does it for the entertainment of everyone else except for him <laughs>
0: yeah if you like human suffering <laughs> because
1: these games are not you know then they're, they're they're not smooth uh but that, that's that's pretty much yeah if you if that's your thing you like uh laughing at old games definitely go check it out i just love the quaintness of old games and, and playing them so I would love to see something like Battlespire and the really old games, maybe even the Elder Scrolls that came out for Nokia. Uh, I forget the oh, name of that Redguard? one. Redguard? But there was one I remember that was Elder like Scrolls Redguard. the Elder Scrolls Mobile. Oh, mm-hmm. was that it? Yep. It was, Yeah. I would love to see that one uh, come out for for uh, for Game Pass. Yeah, I think it would be <laughs> can't really stop neat. laughing just because if you've never seen anything on the Elder Scrolls, Red Guard, you got to
0: Yeah, I think it would be really neat if the Game Pass games, uh, if Game Pass not only became, you know, the thing that you get for day one, getting to play all these new games, but also a regular library of these like very old titles that most people aren't going to pay money for anymore. But you could go back and play if you had it. I think that would be really cool, too. And I know they do phase games off the service, but I think a lot of these, especially these older Bethesda games, if they just kind of lived there on that platform, I think would potentially bring more people into at least trying them out because they would just be available to them. So I think that could be really cool. Well, anything else we want to cover? Or are we ready to go to the mid break?
1: I think we're probably ready to go to the mid-break. And, you know, I just wanted to touch on the, the older TES games. I've met a lot of people who it's not just the Elder Scrolls, but it's other series, too, where they start with the newest game. And then they love the newest game so much that they go back and they play backward. And so I think that not just the Elder Scrolls, but also Fallout, also... Uh, Let let me, I'm trying to think of the other series that are all on Yakuza, that are all on Game Pass, that this might be a good thing for. Uh, But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that before we head into the break.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you do jump into any of these games, especially the Bethesda games, uh, definitely let us know on the Discord. I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of these old old titles, and uh, especially if they're games that we do shows about, I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the um, topics that we've covered on those shows as well, especially as they pertain to some of these old games. So um, jump into the Robots Radio Discord if you're interested in sharing your thoughts on that stuff. All right, let's go to the middle of the show. All right, we're back. Welcome to the middle of the show. And first of all, thank you all for your support for the show. We really appreciate you tuning in. And um, I guess that's we don't have a a Patreon or usually this is where we put like the Patreon thing. We don't have anything like that set up yet. Maybe one day we'll do that if people are asking for that. Um, But thank you to everybody who has taken the time to listen especially if you enjoy the show and you've told a friend or if you have left a rating in review. Um, I, we're just up over the last few days up on uh, Apple podcasts and we're available on Spotify and a bunch of other platforms now. So you can listen to us on all those different platforms. You can check out the videos on the robots radio YouTube channel. You can always join us live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash robots radio. And in future episodes, if you take the time to leave a rating and review and give it five stars, then we will be reading out your review on a future episode. So it's our little way of saying thank you for taking the time to do that because it really does help leaving those ratings and reviews is a way to let people know. It's like a third party saying, hey, you should check out the show, and this is why. Because uh, we could say as much as we want to about the show, but it's our show, so of course we're going to say nice things. That's kind of how pe- people do stuff, right? But if it comes from a third party, it's way more trustworthy, and it really does help us a ton. So thank you to anyone who is taking the time to do that. We really do appreciate it. I also wanted to note that as of this last week, we have become Xbox affiliates. We are affiliates with Microsoft. Microsoft and Xbox. And so another way that you can help support the show if you enjoy our contents is to use our link which shows up in the show notes. It's also underneath the player. It's uh, it's available on stream and all sorts of other ways that that you can see it. Um, You could even type in bit.ly slash RR Game Pass in order to use the link and that will take you to the page on the xbox site where you can get three months of game pass ultimate for only one dollar and i've previously had signed up for game pass ultimate and then stopped my subscription for a little while and then just a few weeks ago restarted my subscription again and i still got the deal so so it doesn't seem to be just for new time um, users of game pass and that includes uh, xbox live it includes playing games on your pc and your console and your phone streaming from the cloud it is an amazing service that's normally 15 dollars a month that you're going to get for three months for only one dollar it's not even one dollar per month for three months It's one dollar for three months which is a crazy deal and we get a little bit of a kickback if you sign up and the other thing that you can do is if you have a regular game pass subscription already is you could use that link when you sign back up for your next month in order to give us a little kickback it doesn't cost you anything extra but we get a little bit of a kickback from that as just a way to say hey thanks for doing the show and we'd super appreciate it so please consider that and let's move on with the rest of the show
1: looking for an rpg podcast that isn't just DD? roll to cast is the answer no, no wait sorry what games have we played so far
0: well we've done cyberpunk 2020 what
1: does it mean to have a voice.
0: And there's gonna be something big coming, Chumba.
1: Hey, if you're listening, I won, I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones. and <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words. He's gonna grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch Movement. First, out of your chair. Your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Culp Cthulhu. Told you I had it. Yes. Oh, we've all got the crinks going. I love it so all right, much. I'm right, Screechy child. Roll to Cast R-O-L-E A new game every season Original music Original stories <laughs> Interviews with the creators And delightful Aussie accents Listen to us on all good podcatchers You can support us on Patreon for bonus content That's Roll to Cast R-O-L-E, R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world
0: I love the little boop at the end well this is the main section of the show where we get to talk about things we've recently played and some of our first impressions and um i want to start this off with a really big deal so those of you who know me know that i i play lots of different games and one of the games that i've played a lot in the last few months is sea of thieves and it's I can't say enough nice things about Sea of Thieves. It is a wonderful experience for you and three of your friends or two of your friends or one of your friends or even by yourself. If you find like a nice group of randos to just get into a game, sail off on your ship and go off on an adventure, whether it's to hunt down some skelly pirates or dig up treasure or explore some new island you haven't been to before. It is an amazing game. The water physics, the wind, the being out on the ocean on a pirate ship. Truly, truly wonderful game. I played it when it first came out, and then once it was on Game Pass, I jumped back into it again. Play it with my son. He's 11. He and I play together. We're the pirates who, who don't wear pants. We're the no-pants pirates. That is our crew. Anyone who joins our crew has to take off their pants. I mean, obviously, they were around with their like underpants on, but that's our thing. So if you ever see us board you in-game and attack your pirate ship, and it's a bunch of pirates without pants on, that's us. Uh, you'll know it um it's it's a wonderful game well there was a big announcement that came out at e3 this weekend and this is like the most unexpected news i think of the entire event Sea of Thieves is now bringing into it content from Pirates of the Caribbean, the Disney pop popular Disney movies. I do have I have no idea how rare the people who developed the game got Disney on board with this, but it was basically already a Pirates of the Caribbean simulator. And now they're going to have a bunch of storyline content with Jack Sparrow and uh, the uh, um, what's the pirate ship that comes up from underneath the water. The. um, Uh. What's the name of that ship? My son talks about it all the time. Um, But it's not the Black
1: Pearl, is it? Well,
0: no, the Black Pearl is Jack's ship, and then there's the uh davy jones is on the ship that's this uh the dutchman. flying dutchman thank you uh pars in chat says flying dutchman yes that's it the flying dutchman's in it the bad guys are in it some of the the voices i don't know if they're the actual actors or not some of them sound really really close to the actual voice actors so they may have gotten some of the original actors to do some of the voices i doubt johnny depp is johnny depp according to um Captain Logan, who does the cyberpunk lore cast with me, he does the Sea of Thieves uh, keelhauled podcast. You should go look that up if you're into Sea of Thieves. He says that it's not actually Johnny Depp, but he's not sure about some of these other characters. But holy crap, like Pirates of the Caribbean stuff in a game that's already a good game. It's phenomenal. So I've been having a lot of fun playing that. Um, I'd love to know if you guys are playing this as well and you could, you could join us on PC as part of the uh, No Pants Pirates. That would be fun. Have you tried this out at all, Sam?
1: I've tried it out a little bit on my Xbox One, and I was playing with, uh, I, w- I was actually trying it out because it's one of the very few games, or at least at the time it was, uh, one of the few games that you could play crossplay. so I could play with my friends who play on PC, and it was a nice way to connect with my friends who, you know, have a PC, I don't have a PC yet. Uh, still trying to get one <laughs> that is a chore in and of itself, but I liked it just because of what you said. It is one of those games where you can go out on your own adventure and, you know, with friends and just kind of do whatever you want. You can make of it, whatever you feel like doing. If you want to be really strong at a PVP, I, I guess you can do that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go yeah. searching for treasure, you can do that too
0: yeah, there's a whole PvP mode. Um, there's if you're in the main game, you can just try to avoid combat with other pirates. The other pirates are very are rather rare. Um, the, the other thing that I've learned is after jumping into this game a number of different times and playing it regularly for a few weeks is that every time you set out for an adventure, different things happen. You can't predict what will happen. So you might have the same crew, like three or four of you and we're like, okay, well let's let's play for a few hours today just like we did yesterday you hop hop on a boat you head out and you're like okay we're gonna go dig up a bunch of bunch of treasure from different places bring it back and sell it and make a bunch of gold and it goes exactly as you think it will you get to the islands you figure out where the treasure is you 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 don't run into anybody else you make it back to the island that you came from you sell it you make a lot of gold awesome The next time you decide, okay, that was really good. We made a lot of gold. That works great. Let's go do it. And on your way to doing this, you run into a Megalodon shark that tries to eat your ship. You get all turned around in the middle of fighting the Megalodon. You run into some other players on a ship. You end up like fighting with them. You... steal their ship, you burn it down, you hop back on your own ship, your own ship is damaged, you're running out of supplies, so you have to take the side route and go fix your ship, and that that takes you off onto some other adventure. And by the end of your gameplay session, after a few hours of just doing this other stuff, you've not completed anything you set out to do, but you've had this awesome time with this emergent thing that just happened because you were in in the world. Uh, Other times, you can just get in the game and... And have a super relaxing time. The weather's nice. The water and the graphics look awesome. You just kind of sail off somewhere and you decide, you know, we're just going to hang out and talk and fish. <laughs> That's what you do for an hour. You know, like it. it it's the kind of game that is it serves lots of different things and it always can bring the unexpected. And there's a lot to do in it now since it's already been out for a few years. So I definitely think it's worth checking out. So, Sam, what have you been playing this last week?
1: Well, it's funny that, you know, you center yours around adventure and whatnot, because it's kind of one of the reasons why I love Daisy. I've been playing a lot of Daisy um, and, you know, for a game from 2003, it really holds up. Uh, The graphics are not great. So if you're really into graphics and graphics are.
0: You said 2013, not 2003. I think you said 2003.
1: Yeah, 2000. I'm sorry. Yeah, 2013, not 2003. Uh, That would mean that it's almost 20 years old. It's not. (laughs) No, Uh, it's old. And if you talk to, if you talk to any uh, DayZ fanatic, then they will tell you how long it was in alpha, Uh, which is you know even though it's called alpha, it's one of the final stages of game development. Uh, But it it very much still plays like it's in beta. I gotta say that on Xbox, it does. Uh, I know that PC players have a lot of the bugs fixed uh, that Xbox players still have to deal with. If you're playing on Xbox, I strongly advise that you never use any of the cars because they will kill you (laughs) in comical (laughs) fashion anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten thrown into the stratosphere when I was driving something just because the cars go faster than the game can load. So, if you're driving along a street and there's a, there's a curve in the street that's like up maybe half a mile, you should really slow down because if it's, if it's coming up at half a mile and you're going like, you know, 40 miles an hour, you're going to crash the game if there's enough textures around that curve that it can't load it fast enough. And then when the game uncrashes, it's like, it's like a slight crash. And then and when it's, it uncrashes, it's like a big lag. you are now inside yeah. of a tree Yeah, and it doesn't know how to process that. Oh yeah. man. It doesn't know how to process that. So now your car is in the stratosphere and you are dead. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the, the, the mechanics of Daisy, once you die, you lose everything. There's no reloading an earlier save. That's it. Your character's done. He's dead. Mm-hmm. And all of the gear that you have, you have lost. So that kind of leads me to my, in my next point, why I love the game, which is base building. A lot of people love base building. A lot of people uh, loved it in Fallout 4. A lot of people like it in No Man's Sky. I think you can do it right in No Man's Sky. Um, and I love it in Day Z. It's very crude. It's very, very crude. You basically can build bases out of, you know, wooden fences, wooden watchtowers, uh, and barbed wire and tents varying levels of tents <laughs> and and this is just uh daisy on xbox i know that there's a ton of modded community servers i typically don't play on those i like to play vanilla just because it's more of a challenge it still retains that survival game uh type of hardship where you're struggling to find food and ammo and things like that and, and it makes the raids more consequential that's the other aspect of it you can defend your base from other players who if they want to get in and steal your stuff which they often do, <laughs> then you can defend your base from raiders, or you can be the other guys who are raiding other random bases. Like, one of my favorite things is getting online with my friends, meeting up at a destined, like, you know, predetermined location, and then being like, okay, well, you want to venture over to like the military base today and see what we can find? Sure, let's do that. And as you said, there's unexpected things that happen. So you're, you know, walking halfway across the map, which, by the way, this map is effing huge it's it's enormous it's like Mm a hundred times the size of any call of duty map it's um it's it, it would take like an hour to walk from corner to corner i think at least an hour uh and that's assuming nothing happens but bears can attack you which by the way if they do you better hope you have a rifle or a shotgun on you otherwise you're screwed they can kill you in one shot like one swipe uh wolves packs of wolves will attack you And then there's other players and sometimes other players get so into the role play in this game that they will like lay down in the woods for hours on end waiting for someone to walk by and then they will like snag their kill and and get your stuff. And you can't be mad because it's like, well, I guess they're playing the game, right? It's just that I can't believe someone would play the game that way. And I'm constantly finding myself in, in scenarios where I'm like, I can't believe someone would play this game this way. This game is awesome. And you forge <laughs> alliances with strangers you meet. So if you, if you play in-game, there's no names above heads. There's just a list of people who are on the server. So people can lie to you about who they are. People often oh, do wow. lie to you about who they are and what they want. And they'll pretend. Pretend to be your friend. There's a lot of backstabbing that goes on, and it's full of intrigue. It's I love it. Oh, interesting. Uh, people create factions and put armbands on. If you haven't played Daisy yet, you really need to. Uh, if you haven't gotten into it in years, there is a ton of new content. Bohemia Interactive is a very small studio, uh, but they are constantly pushing new content for Daisy. PC gets most of that, so I envy you PC players, but I will join your ranks soon enough. And it is on Game Pass, of course. Uh, It's on Game Pass for PC, Cloud, and Console. Uh, And then there's Donut County. Don't have as much to talk about with that one. But Donut (laughs) County is a very cute indie game where I'll read the tagline first. Basically, the tagline is you meet the locals, steal their trash, and throw them in a hole. (laughs) so basically in donut county you play as a you play as a hole uh the player is a hole and it and it chronicles the story of a raccoon named bk who owns a donut shop and uh the raccoon is obsessed with this new app which allows him to control a hole and gobble up like garbage but then like as the hole gobbles up more things it grows larger and larger and you can you gobble up more and more things until you eventually gobble up the whole town and there's a human that works with him at the donut shop named mira and mira really holds him to account once the entire town has been swallowed under under, underground um i'm not going to ruin too much of the plot but that's basically what it is it's a cute whimsy and whimsical indie game with raccoon antagonists as well The art style is like pastel card paper, and it's kind of pseudo two-dimensional. It's family-friendly. My girlfriend and I played the indie game in in just a couple hours. Um, And it also has some of the funniest writing that I've seen in a game recently. Um, they, They have a Trashopedia, where you discover new encyclopedia entries for every piece of trash that you gobble up. And one of my favorites is the Trashopedia, yeah, for the picnic basket, it says picnic basket, pretty common type of treasure chest. So <laughs> all of the encyclopedia entries in the Trashopedia are written from the perspective of a raccoon. Um, so the other the other favorite of mine was a Trashopedia entry for the trash can. The trash can, uh, I'm pretty sure it just says, uh, standard treasure chest needs no introduction the gold standard or something along those yeah, lines yeah needs no introduction uh, The, seagull the gold one standard. is funny it's uh, 99% of seagulls yeah the seagull one is uh, 99% of seagulls are criminals <laughs> because raccoons are often fighting for scraps of food from uh, seagulls uh, so they're all just really hilarious um, it was one of the funniest games I've played recently if you're in need of a laugh play that one. It's not so intense at all. This is something that you can really like play while you zone out and like, you know, just maybe the other person chilling with you on the couch is on their phone or something. Um, <laughs> so highly encourage that one for casual gamers. Yeah. Parzival
0: in chat says the seagull stat is not entirely wrong. <laughs> and, um, I also wrote, a uh, pretty great function in rust as well talking about the base building in uh, Daisy. Um, I can, I can say that for sure. My only experience playing Daisy was like once or twice with some friends where we ran into somebody in like a tower and then we tried to hide and not get sniped because we were too afraid to like bust in because we didn't know what we were doing yet. And then we got killed. And that was, that was about as far as I got in Daisy. And that must've been seven or eight years ago. (laughs) That's what it feels like, but maybe six years ago. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this trash Panda game, can I call it a trash Panda game? Um, feels yeah. It, it, yeah. It, the fact it's that tragic. you you're a whole absorbing things and kind of eventually getting the whole town is very katamari damacy did you ever play the katamari games
1: yeah and it was actually it was actually uh made as a parody of that game oh they the developer ben esposito actually said that it was made as a parody of that ah. where it was meant to be a reverse katamari game
0: oh that makes sense i need to play this with my son because he'll think it's hilarious um that's cool. Definitely worth checking out. Now, let's move on to some of the other E3 stuff because we've got some some details on some of the biggest games that you guys will be getting into in the next few years. And I say that because the first one we're going to talk about is Starfield. And like a lot of people were expecting, we got a a trailer, a kind of teaser trailer on Starfield and a release date. So it looks like it will be 11 11 22 so we're still a year and a half away from the release of starfield this tells me a few things one that bethesda learned their lesson when it came to fallout 76 and putting games out too early because they're giving this game a lot of time and it makes sense that they're giving this game a lot of time because they have significantly upgraded the engine that runs their games more than they've done on any other release ever and they are taking the time to build out this world and we when we not only got the trailer, which is pretty simplistic we see a woman in a spacesuit, and it kind of zooms in on her in a spaceship and there's a little robot walking by and uh, There's not a whole lot of detail there There is a hint though in some of the detail that people found there look what looks like a little etching on the inside of the spaceship That looks like a funny little shape. Well, it matches the dagger fall and hammer hammer uh What's the name of the zone? Hammerfell areas. Daggerfall and Hammerfell? Did I never notice that those all almost have the same word in them? Um, areas of of Tamriel, which is where people think the Elder Scrolls 6 is gonna be, and it looks like it's etched into the side of this thing. So there might be a, a teaser in there, a little hint for
1: Man. You called that. You said that they were gonna throw something in there like that, and you you called it. I think it was last week.
0: Yep, yep. And I nobody's telling me these things. I just, they just come right out of this old noggin. Um, so yeah, so we've got that. It, it looks like that's confirmed. What's interesting about that to me is that speculation has been so far on those two zones, but one of those two zones and the fact that we might get both in a game is very exciting. That's going to be a larger man less man less land mass. Wow, that was a that was funny. Uh, then Skyrim. Um, So that's going to be cool. But back to Starfield, the other details that we got were from an interview with Todd Howard, of course, from Bethesda, the famous game designer. And he has told us that um, there are a few big quotes that have come out of this uh, that the news is really hanging its hat on. One is that this is going to feel like Skyrim in space. So it is going to be a lot like the games that they already make Two. It's going to be kind of like a Han Solo simulator. Is is something one of the other developers said? This idea that like you can head off into the galaxy with this, you know, barely holding together ship in some cases, and make your adventures and go off into the unknown and who knows what's going to happen and you know deal with other people that you run into or explore new places. You know, do basically be Han Solo, right? The other thing that they mentioned is that um uh, crap it just fell out of my head that this game is absolutely huge it's going to be gigantic that that there's going to be a few hundred hours of gameplay and i I think that was a reference to not just like obviously you can play a game for any amount of hours that you're happy to just keep playing the game but to say that it's 100 to 200 hours of gameplay means that like if you play through like the main storyline it's going to take you a long time And if you play through the side storylines while also doing the main storylines, that's going to take you a long time. There's a lot of content there. And we know how much content was in Skyrim, how much content is in Fallout 4. It seems like this is on a scale that's still bigger than that, which is very cool. I think that that's super exciting. Do you have any thoughts on this one, Sam? Oh, no, you're muted. You're muted. He's coming back. Here we go.
1: Sorry about that. Trying to be trying to be uh, courteous because there was a train going by. I knew it would have uh, derailed you.
0: That's a good joke. (laughs) Do you happen to be a dad?
1: That was a that was a dad joke.
0: That was a dad joke. Uh,
1: I don't think so, honey. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So so I have a lot of thoughts about Starfield. And I'm glad that you brought up the 100 to 200 hours of gameplay thing because I, of course, I I love Bethesda. I love the massiveness of the games like Skyrim and Morrowind and things like that. I have some reservations because, as we were talking about in the pre show, I think, you know, aging is a series of getting more and more disappointed with life as you, <laughs> as you get older. And uh, I'm, I have been disappointed by things like No Man's Sky, where it, it, it like boasted a massive, massive scale, you know, when it released, but then it released and then there was nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That was disappointing. However, if we're just, talking about what was released at E3, if we're just talking about that trailer, that trailer awakened the excitement I got from, you know, when I was a child and I was staring up at the stars and wondering just what's out there. Uh, It kind of made me relive all those moments where I was reading astronomy magazines and thinking, man, isn't space just fantastic and wonderful? And visiting science museums and kind of absorbing all the things that NASA put out when I was a child, it just made me, it put me back into that uh, awe-inspired mind, so to speak. Uh, I was a huge fan of of all of those science museums and the, the, the astronomy exhibits and things like that and planetariums. And so seeing this trailer, which I think was... It was designed to key in on that age of exploration, but now it's an age of exploration in the stars type of feeling. I'm super stoked about it. I I, I love the aesthetic. I hope that they can follow through with that when it comes to gameplay. I am skeptical about the scale because... Scale doesn't always translate to having fun and and replayability, but I will give them the benefit of the doubt because when Bethesda takes its time on a game, the games are amazing. They're just incredible. Uh, And the fact that they've created this creation engine 2 you know, the last creation engine that they made was for Morrowind. Right. And we talked about it last week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that they, they like made that thing modular and they used it for a long time
0: hmm yeah and we've talked about this it's like the the app of Theseus right like the, the ship of Theseus how many parts can you replace before it's not even the same thing anymore um, and that's that's how software can work and you know since the time of Morwin, they've modularized it And at this point, they may have replaced everything. I'm not really sure exactly. Um, We do an episode of this, the most recent episode of the Starfield Lorecast, which there's not a whole lot of lore yet to discover. But we did talk about the list of things that they've revealed have been worked on in the engine in the most recent episode. And you can go find that on your podcatcher right now if you want to. Um, So it it does seem very, very extensive. Everything from... uh, Terrain generation and view distance to the lighting effects to the the physics that's used because it's space So the physics needs to be that much better than if you're just running around on the ground um, There's a lot going on here, which is part of why it's taken them so long to release the game But it, I think it's gonna be phenomenal there. The other thing that they did recently is they with this showcase a little bit after the showcase they released a bunch of images And I was going to pull them up, but they're all jfif files again and I have to convert them in order to get them up on the screen, which I didn't do ahead of time, but um we'll have some links to that stuff for you guys to check out the the, They're basically art design images that have come out which show a lot more than just what the trailer shows the here I actually I can do it like this. I can show them up on the screen by sharing My screen like this and just maximizing some of the images this way so um, so if you look on the screen right now, you'll see some of the images being shown and I will describe them to our auditory listeners as well. So you have a, what looks like a, like a factory kind of setting where they're building or repairing spacecraft with a bunch of girders and things. You, you would see something like this on the expanse, uh, TV show. If you haven't watched that, it's an amazing show. Um, then you have what looks like a water platform city. It looks kind of like one of those oil platforms with a bustling city at the top of multiple of these platforms over top of a, maybe this is a water planet with boats and things. Um, Then you have a jungle environment with a very green lighting with these uh, very large plants. It almost looks like a prehistoric jungle, but there's a person in a spacesuit just kind of walking through the middle of that. You have another scene with what looks like these very large high technology walls that run along the side of like these cliff faces with birds and a blue sky. Um, there's an underground scene with what looks like two space explorers in their spacesuits delving into what looks like a cave. And it's from the view of inside the cave where you can see what seems to be a mining, uh, vehicle behind them. So, Maybe that alludes to some of the exploration, the things that we'll be finding on other planets and stuff like that. Um, Then of course there's planetary scenes with some really nice looking uh, planets and moons and things like that. Um, I'm not sure that this one is of any planetary bodies in our solar system, which is exciting. It looks like a terrestrial planet or moon, but then in the distance you see a ringed planet which might be Neptune. It's definitely not Saturn. So, but maybe, maybe this is other solar systems, um, which leads to the potential for this to be something that goes beyond just our own solar system. Then you have images like this that look like, uh, you know, some buildings and maybe a settlement on a planet somewhere. Um, an image that shows, uh, this was from the trailer that came out. Uh, don't use, um, uh, like s- taped onto a helmet. And then some other items that are on a shelf inside a spaceship and then some other images of, of, you know, very advanced looking um, cityscapes with ships. And so and that raises questions for me, too, about like, are we going to be able to explore these cities? Are these actual cities that they've generated or are these going to be like off limits somehow? Like, how does that work? How is this going to work in this game?
1: I'm going nuts thinking about the possibilities because we were just talking for so long about how excited we were to be able to go on adventures and then, you know, with friends. So that kind of brings me to my next point, which in the context of Bethesda is a controversial question. Is this going to be multiplayer at all?
0: No, no. That's one of the things that Todd has been very clear about. This is a single player game in the same vein as their mainline games. Skyrim fall for um, Yeah, this will not be multiplayer It doesn't mean though that they're not going to maybe follow something like this release up with multiplayer Experiences in this world um, We do know that Zenimax Is hiring Zenimax online studios Zoss who who does the Elder Scrolls online is hiring for a new MMO and they haven't revealed what that is What if there's a Starfield MMO that comes out a few years after a Starfield is released and you get to Be in the world, in this universe, with a bunch of your friends. That would make a lot of sense.
1: Maybe I speak for a minority of players when I say this, but for so long with Bethesda's games, all I wanted for them to do was to make one of their games almost like Borderlands multiplayer aspect, Mm. where Mm -hmm. you could have maybe two or three or four of your friends in the lobby. Um, but it didn't change anything about the style of the game. You could still play it very much alone, or you can play with your friends. And maybe the only thing it would change is that the game doesn't pause when you open up the menu. Um, that was kind of just what I, what I really, really wanted from Bethesda to release. And that's what I thought we were going to get with fallout 76. And ultimately it, it turned out to be much different than that. Um, so I am happy and relieved in a way to hear that they are going to make it a single player experience, because I think that they, that Bethesda understands when it comes to these types of games, that's where their strength lies.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, we've got a bunch of other games to get to still, and this is going to be a long episode. Um, let's let's delve into the next one. Tell me more about your thoughts on Halo Infinite
1: yeah so we saw a lot on halo infinite we saw a campaign video and we saw a multiplayer video and first i want to go over they're now saying that there's a holiday 2021 release yep they haven't released a firm you know release date but it's holiday 2021 i think prior to that the understanding was that it was going to be fall 2021 i'm hoping this doesn't get pushed back again however if it doesn't it is coming to game pass on day one for cloud series xs and pc Um, there were some more narrative details revealed in the campaign uh, video that i mentioned and we already knew fans already knew that it was a sequel just a few years taking place after a few years after halo 5 guardians and fans had already figured out that the game takes place on the Zeta Halo, that that much was confirmed during the E3 presentation. Uh, Apparently, though, this much was new. Cortana has been flagged for quote-unquote deletion, and now there's some poser in her spot. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's some other lady AI uh, that's hanging out with Master Chief. And uh, fans of the Halo series are going to have to forgive me because I may be an expert on on uh, on Mass Effect lore, but <laughs> not so much on Halo lore. So when I'm saying this, I- I'm saying it uh, from a relatively uh, neophyte's perspective. So the, anyway, Master Chief tells the new AI lady uh, that the mission has changed and that it looks like uh, the, the mission has changed, meaning that we're no longer just going to forget about Cortana. No, in fact, you're going to come along with me and we're going to have this wonderful adventure where we become best friends. Uh, And uh, (laughs) That's basically what it looks like the campaign is going to turn into. It's, uh, well, Chief has a new AI friend and they are going to set out on a marvelous adventure to go find Cortana. Um, If anyone has some other details, concrete details about what the story looks like it's going to be, Definitely send them our way. But as far as it goes, I know that was a cinematic trailer. That being said, I'm still very impressed with the facial animations. Um, Of course, not for Master Chief because he's wearing a helmet, so (laughs) Mm -hmm. you don't see anything. But with the new AI uh, that he's speaking with... The facial animations look insane, don't they? They make Battlefield 3, when it came out, look like Child's Play. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think the next Mass Effect could probably take some notes from that, given how bad Andromeda was for facial animations.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I guess the question then is, were they just part of a cinematic, or are they actually incorporated the same animations in the game?
1: And maybe it might not matter, you know. uh, If the cinematics are so... Are strewn throughout the game and weaved seamlessly, Mm -hmm. then it really might not matter if the graphics are that good in a cinematic and not so much in gameplay. Yeah. Um, The other big, the other big detail for Halo Infinite was the free to play multiplayer. Of course, that was kind of confirmed beforehand, but we didn't get such a gameplay look at it. Now, when you put free to play multiplayer in the context of Game Pass, And it's a huge game and it's and Game Pass is getting yet another multiplayer triple A title and it's free to play. That's enormous. Um, I'm really psyched about that. That means if you have Game Pass, you get to play the campaign and all of your friends who don't have Game Pass can play multiplayer with you because it's already free to play. This is huge and it could very well bring more players into the grips of Game Pass. I don't think it's you know uh, an exaggeration to say that. Um, I said last week too, that I just want old Halo back. And I gotta say from the multiplayer videos that were shown, it looks like this is the closest that I'm gonna get. I say that for a number of reasons. The first being that there's a return of some familiar game modes like Capture the Flag and Oddball. Of course, there's gonna be Team Deathmatch. I don't think that's even a, a question. But I love the objective game modes. I love Team Deathmatch in games like Call of Duty. but when and, and games like Battlefield, I love Conquest and Team Deathmatch. But when it comes to Halo, the objective game modes are my speed. That's my thing. So I'm really happy to see familiar game modes return like that. Oddball is really fun. I can't wait to see the other... Uh, like game modes return. Maybe they're going to bring back Fiesta. That was always a fun one. Um, and you mentioned this during the E3 video that it looks like there is significant customization options available for your character and multiplayer. I want that samurai armor that I saw that yeah. looks, you know, dope. Yeah. Um, so the customization could be huge. Yeah. I, <laughs> I,
0: I want to play fashion. Halo, Halo fashion. Hmm. fashion game. uh, It works with games like Dark Souls.
1: Fashionable eye for the Halo guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. It works for Dark Souls because you can say fashion souls or uh, Elder Scrolls Online. You can say fashion scrolls, right? It works, but you can't do fashion Halo. That doesn't work. Um, but yeah, I want I want to look awesome. I don't want to look like Master Chief. I want to look awesome in my own gear. And be a badass and do awesome stuff in a, in a cool game like this. And the thing that I mentioned last time was that there, they were saying it's not destiny. And now that we finally got some really, really solid looks at the multiplayer, this is not destiny. This is halo. This is not de- like this is this game is way more vertical. This is a game has you riding on vehicles and flying up in the air and doing these like shots while you're 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 launching off of a cliff in order to kill somebody else and then picking up your, you know, laser sword thing, whatever that's called and like getting a guy with it. I, I wasn't a big Halo back in the player back in the day because so I don't know all the names of the stuff, but I played enough to like know what the game feels like and it looks like it feels like Halo. You know heck even even the yeah. the environments and this is one of the things i mentioned on the stream like th- the gr- the green grass the coniferous trees and the very bright blue sky that are all part of that halo is halo it that looks like a halo environment and you know the bright colors like everything pops um fast gameplay that is very in line with like the we talked about doom earlier but the quick Arcade quality of something like the doom lineage rather than something that's the more military shooter lineage That's something like modern warfare or battlefield. This is this is much more in that arcade lineage, which is what halo was It was a very arcadey fast multiplayer game and it looks like that's what we're getting So I think I think the fans are gonna be very happy about this
1: I'm very happy. I'm very I'm, I'm thanks for putting it in those words the arcade lineage Uh, Because I was very terrified that they were going to go somewhere along the lines of the other shooters like Call of Duty and Battlefield. Very happy to see that Halo has maintained its, you know, Halo identity. And I'm also happy to see that trick shots are still a thing. Those were highlighted briefly in the multiplayer trailer. But now it looks like there is even the possibility for making trick hijacks with the new grapple gun Ooh. that you can have. So you can grab things that are, you know, like pretty far away, like almost like your Spider-Man. But you can also grapple onto vehicles and hijack them. And that, that goes for vehicles that are flying. So that's pretty cool. We're going to see a lot of really cool... Uh, xbox and you know like pc game clips from that i can't wait to see all the amazing stunts that people do um and there's also apparently graffiti there's a graffiti i think uh capability now in in halo I'm, i'm basing this off of the fact that there was just like a one second shot maybe if that in the multiplayer video where someone is showing off a weapon and behind it you can see a graffiti tagged uh master chief So I think that means that players are going to be able to tag walls with their signature similar to what other games have been able to do for a while now. I think you can do that in in the newest Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, And of course the presentations also confirmed some things that we also brought up last, uh, last week, which was Halo is going to support 120 frames per second on Xbox series X, the open world. um, It does look pretty awesome from what they showed us. In my opinion, it looks like a collection of mis- mission zones, and then like in between those mission zones is going to be kind of swaths of nothingness. So i th- I don't want players to think open world and then get disappointed because it's not like Halo Skyrim. Um, yeah, this, I don't this think this part it's does be like seem that. more like. Destiny. I think it's going to be more like you can travel between. Th- yeah, yeah, you can travel between areas where you would get the missions or do the missions, but it's not going to be like i don't i don't i don't think it's going to be like you know skyrim more immersive in that aspect right
0: right i agree and um i think it's really cool to get 120 frames per second on a xbox series X series x on your tv because tvs can do that now and i've had a uh, high res high refresh rate computer monitor for a while and this is one of those things a lot of pe- people debate like does it really make a difference and i can tell you I can, i can tell the difference it it is smoother um, I don't know if I got any better at playing games, but it definitely looks nicer, so that's nice.
1: Now, I'm a little skeptical on that, just of how many times Microsoft had told me that some games would be able to play at high frames per second on Xbox One. Mm-hmm and yeah. um they just weren't.
0: Well, a lot of the a lot of what people have or what a lot of what the developers have been doing lately is putting in options for graphics in games like uh I just got the new Ratchet and Clank which looks phenomenal. Um, but there's different settings. There's like absolute top end graphics, all the ray tracing, 30 frames per second. Then there's minimized ray tracing, 60 frames per second, and then there's performance mode, which Removes the ray tracing lowers the resolution and lets the game run as as fast as it'll run Um, And you can you can see a visual difference between them Um, But if you're somebody who doesn't mind 30 frames per second and you want all the you know, beautiful graphics then go for it And I, I think that's the way to go is to treat your audience like they're smart You know have it default to a mode that most people are gonna be okay with but then have the audience give them the option so they can play with that stuff because You know, maybe you maybe you want to sacrifice graphics for higher frame rate. Go for it. Maybe you just want all the all the shiny bits on and you're kind of a casual player and you just want it to look nice, (laughs) you know, do that, too. So let's talk about the next one. We've got Forza Horizon five for November 9th has been released. This is going to be a cloud series X and S and PC. So this will be only the new console, uh, not Xbox one. And the big detail here is that it is set in Mexico, which I think is a phenomenal choice. They've been creative with the Horizon series. They, they had one set in Australia. Having one set in Mexico is a wonderful way to put it in a place that you don't expect it to be. And you and I both thought that this was red dead redemption or something having to do with red dead at first you know like oh is this like an expansion coming to red dead redemption it really looked like it yeah no it's not but it is a beautiful high level of detail like actual it seems like some of these locations are actual real places or were heavily inspired by real places um and even during the stream when we were talking about this we were talking about how like wouldn't it be cool if you could just casually go visit real world locations in a car kind of like they're doing with the flight sim microsoft flight flight sim but do it with like cars in horizon that would be that would be phenomenal but it it looks amazing uh, It just the graphics alone you know just the beauty of the game is especially fun to dip into you know and if it's on game pass already then why not why not just at least try it out and see some of the locations
1: yeah and you know it Forza Horizon. Anyone who's played Horizon versus the other Forza Motorsport games knows this, but Forza Horizon Five is going to be—it's uh, going to be an open world as well. As to how open that is, that remains to be seen. But it looks pretty wide open, and you can go anywhere, do anything you want. I was impressed with the video in how it looks like they have seamlessly integrated tasks and missions into the open world. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like they've even gotten—they've gotten even better at that. Um, am I disappointed that it's not red dead three, A little bit, <laughs> but it, of, of all the racing games that are out there, this one looks like the one that would rope me back in. I played racing games a lot when I was younger. I haven't played them for like 10 years. If I was going to play a racing game again, it would be this one. Um, that's coming out November 9th. Like we said, uh, cloud, Series XS, uh, and PC. Uh, But something that's coming out a little bit sooner than that is another game that I played from my childhood, uh, or at least a series, Age of Empires IV. That's coming out October 28th. There was more gameplay revealed at E3. Doesn't really look too out of the norm for Age of Empires series games. It's an RTS, uh, you know, uh, God's eye view where you click and drag and, you know, send your forces off to battle and massive battles. It does look like there's destructible environments, of course. That's not anything new for Age of Empires. uh, But there wasn't really a lot of details revealed for Age of Empires 4 at E3 because so much of its details had already been revealed prior. It's coming to PC. It's not coming to console for now. And I say that for now because who knows what they're going to do in the future. But I don't think that Xbox and PlayStation players should definitely not playstation players but i don't think that xbox players should reserve any hope um this is a click and drag rts game it's not going to be an easy port to console and if they do bring it to console i'm not sure that people are going to like it when it comes to the setting it's a spiritual successor to Age of Empires 2, meaning that it's going to revisit the Middle Ages, but it's not going to continue forward in time past Age of Empires 3. It's going to be primarily set during the Middle Ages. So think knights, uh, you know, sword and shield, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it, it looks a lot like Age of Empires 2 instead of Age of Empires 3. And you can tell that this is a game designed for a very specific group of people. And, you know, it's not going to sell millions of copies, but it might sell a million copies from, you know, the people who play these games. So it's a very specific, you know, focused game. Uh, next on our list is The Outer Worlds 2, and this this <laughs> trailer, if you could even call it that, was a amalgamation of images with an, uh, a voiceover saying, like, and now the part where we show the guy in slow motion, and he does this awesome stuff in order to make you think that the game is epic, you know, like that kind of thing. It was very meta, basically just to say, like, hey, we're working on it, Outer Worlds 2 is coming, we don't know when. And that was about it. Um, So we didn't get much more about that. Then we have Redfall with no confirmed release date, which I think probably means next year sometime, maybe holiday next year, maybe a little bit after that. Um, This is a game that looks very interesting. It looks like super-powered zombie hunters versus or or, uh, vampire hunters versus vampires is what it looks like. Um, Now, whether that's like competitive and you get to play as the vampires i'm not sure but this is by the developers who do dishonored and prey and there are some very interesting similarities in some of the character design um like uh if you know who the outsider is from the dishonored series one of the vampires looks very much like the outsider but it's not the outsider but it you know like you could tell that it has the same uh core graphic design team working on it um and it seems really cool you got a bunch of cool superpowers and dudes with guns with interesting personalities fighting vampires now is this going to be another left for dead style game or is this going to be a story that you play through cooperatively like borderlands with a group um i'm not sure uh, is it going to be a uh you know competitive game where you pick a team and you have certain powers and you fight against each other i guess we have to wait and see what do you think
1: I think we can definitely infer a few things from the trailer. It's not a gameplay trailer yet, but we can infer that this is a squad-based game, so it's going to be multiplayer co-op. I think that much is pretty obvious. Uh, And I also think that, you know, we're going to see a lot of genre that... How do I put this nicely? It might compare to, you know, the whole, like... Wizards versus uh, vampires thing, because it, it becomes very apparent that the vampire hunters have magical abilities. I think that we're going to see some things that quite, um, quite likely they might remind us of the B-list sci-fi films, oh, you no. know, like the, you know, uh, vampire uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein or, you know, things like that. Huh. That's just what I'm predicting. Maybe they'll throw a couple, you know, homages to those B-list movies, I'm not sure. It looks like it's a game that knows what it is and it's gonna poke fun at what it is, but it's also gonna take those those plot points seriously. Um, I was impressed with the level of animation, certainly. Uh, and, and if you heard Tom say zombie, that might be because I actually, I was talking (laughs) so much about Daisy when I was making the notes that I, uh, I I accidentally put zombie in there as opposed to vampire. I, I I had watched Redfall with, with Tom, uh, during Mm -hmm. E3. So I knew it was a vampire game but I was so worked <laughs> up about Daisy but anyway about Redfall it's a you know they all they've released so far is a cinematic trailer if you haven't seen it yet definitely go check it out I think it's about a minute long and they saved it until the very end of the presentation I'm not sure what we should make of that um I think Maybe they, that means it's going to come out sooner. Maybe it means that that's just personally what the developers were psyched about. I think this is
0: one of the mysterious IPs that Bethesda has been working on that we haven't heard much about. And so, um, you know, it's it's like, hey, this thing's we're in the works on this. And it's far along, far enough along that we can show you aesthetically and you know, at least in, a, in this kind of a trailer, what it's going to look like. Um, also I did notice at the beginning, Pete Hines was wearing a shirt with what looked like vampire teeth on it. And I was like, that's a hint at something, but I don't know what it is yet. And by the end of the presentation, I was like, now I know what that is. And he, he did that on purpose. So uncle Pete, I'm on to you. Um, well, we've got a few more to get through. Let's try to get through these as quickly as we can. We've got Atomic Heart, which <laughs> sure. is which is another another no release date. This is man, from Man that looks weird. Yeah, this is from the Russian studio Mudfish. It's like a FPS with a weird-looking world RPG. Um kind of steampunkish, kind of cyberpunky, kind of man versus machine. We talk about this a little bit on the cyberpunk lorecast um which we did last night because we were talking about other games that are very cyberpunk that seem to be coming out you know sometime soon based on e3 reveals and this is one of them um this game gives me a very bioshock kind of vibe to it but um in a kind of russian environment which is interesting um then we've got a there's an update coming to grounded have you played any grounded sam
1: I have. I played a lot of it with my friends. That was another game that was on Game Pass where I could play with my friends on PC. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I played a lot of Grounded. In fact, my friends and I played it until the point where we couldn't play it anymore because there wasn't any content left to Uh, do. uh. Uh, So I'm happy to see that there's an update coming out. It's called Shroom and Doom. It's coming June 30th. Uh, that adds pets, and more building materials. I saw in the in the video that it looks like you can build castles now. Hell yeah, I'm totally into that. Yeah, uh, can't wait for that. And it introduces a new ultra-sized enemy uh, spider named the Brood Mother. Um, and if you're totally unfamiliar with Grounded, by the way, it's kind of like a Honey I Shrunk the Kids video game where you're all tiny little kids in the backyard, and because you're tiny, everything else is bigger. And your ultimate goal is to become unshrunk and go back home and, you know, <laughs> return to normalcy. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't look like at the at the end of the content that I played, it doesn't look like you're anywhere close to that. You're still unraveling the mystery as to how you got shrank.
0: Right, right. So that seems fun. Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but might be worth trying. Uh, Among Us is getting 15 player lobbies. So there's a big update coming for that with three imposters. And it's also going, coming to the Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One, quote unquote, soon. Um, some of our hosts had questions about that. Like, how do you type that fast? Um, this is already out on the Switch. And on the Switch, you can uh, use radial menus to choose selections that are very common. Like, like this player is sus. Or, um, I was in this room. You know, like the kind of common stuff you say in order to protect yourself from, so you don't get launched out of the ship. Um, So that seems cool. And then we have a list of other games that will come out this year that will be Game Pass on day one. This year alone. Hold on to your butts. Here we go. Microsoft Flight Simulator, which looks gorgeous. Psychonauts 2, which looks really, really cool. Very cartoony. If you remember Psychonauts that came out, what, 16 years ago or something? Um, uh, very cartoony uh, story about like you going into the minds of other people. It looks very creative, and um, I don't know what else to say about that. But the people who loved Psychonauts one looks like they're gonna love psych- Psychonauts two because it's very much in the same same vein. Back for Blood, which is basically Left 4 Dead three. Thank God, because that's gonna be amazing. I'm ready to play this with all of you guys all all the time. Um, I love these style games. Vermintide. Left for Dead, Back for Blood. This this is going to be great. Uh, it looks like they've got some really really cool um, zombie like monsters, and there's like 19 variations of uh, the ones that hunt the players. And of course, you can play as the players or you can play as the hunters. And there's different modes for that. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance is coming, and this is going to be out within just a few weeks. This one's coming out very very soon. It looks like a you know a fight your way through these. You know, dungeon environments with three of your friends kind of game kind of hack and slash brawler um, seems pretty cool. Uh, Hello, neighbor, 2. I never played. Hello, neighbor, one. So I, I know this is one of those series that people play and it's kind of scary because he cre- sneaks up on you. Um, so I, I don't know what to expect with that. Sable. Do you do you know much about Sable? Did this, I don't really remember much about Sable off the top of my head.
1: I actually don't remember it on the presentation at all, <laughs> interestingly yeah. enough.
0: Yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, a game called The Gunk, another one that I don't remember a lot about right now, being that there were so many of these. Um,
1: Shredders. I know nothing about it, and yet I'm still disgusted. <laughs> the Gunk. <laughs> the Gunk. Yeah, a game but called Shredders. Shredders. Yeah. Shredders. That one looked cool. It's about cheese. That one. <laughs> shredders is not about cheese. Oh, oh,
0: okay. Sounds like shredded cheese. Shredded cheddar. <laughs>
1: shredders. Shredders look like the modern SSX. Uh, yeah. And I am pretty stoked about that one. And uh, it looks very Tony Hawkish, but snowboarding.
0: Yes. Yeah. With lots of uh, wonderful looking environments and cool stunts and things like that. Um, so that one seems cool. Uh, the Ascent, which is another cyberpunky looking uh pixelated game um looks pretty cool scorn anacruzis i don't remember this one very well so it must not have
1: so those are actually are they two different games two separate games because okay. that seems <laughs> like a weird game to put together grammar, scorn, everyone I, comma, I forgot to put a comma
0: and anacruzis so which neither of these pop up in my head as a specific memory do you remember these
1: I don't remember these. They could have been some that were announced, but didn't really have any showtime. Yeah, no
0: trailer. Um, So we'll have to look those up, find out a little bit more about them. Uh, Aragami 2, which again, I don't know that one. 12 Minutes, which is a game where you are looking down at a room and it has um, very famous voice voice talent uh famous actors who are doing the voices willem dafoe um yeah yeah uh what's his face he plays uh professor x but not patrick stewart the young professor x um and then Somebody else. Anyway, McAvoy, McAvoy, and then uh, the lady is somebody else that's famous, so I forget her name right off the top of my head right now. Um, we didn't write these notes very clearly for this last little section because we just wanted to kind of go through the list, so I'm just kind of, you know, spitballing, but this game seems interesting because you're replaying the same 12 minutes in a very crucial moment in a person's life, and depending on the decisions you make, the the situation plays out differently. So it might be one of those games that's really kind of emotionally tugging at you depending on how you manage to make your way through the situation which is kind of cool and then hades which is phenomenal hades is a, is a great game It got a lot of the game of year awards last year this is a game by um supermassive games who did uh, this it gets late and then all these names fall out of, the top of my head bastion and transistor Um, They did those games. There's another one they did uh, more recently than that that I can't remember the name of this game is great A lot of people aren't necessarily into roguelikes A lot of people are this is if you haven't played a roguelike or if you're just kind of eh about them This is the one to play because the controls are tight. It's like a top-down isometric combat It's smooth Um, It rewards being smart and learning your enemies, but you can change up your weapons and you can pick different upgrades as you make your way through the levels and things the graphics are phenomenal the story is really interesting because you're hades son trying to escape from hades and get up to the surface and the other gods are helping you the other greek gods are, are, are chiming in and they've all got these personalities like you would think they would um and there are these other characters you run into in the underworld that are like you know from greek mythology it's a very cool game um definitely worth checking out when that comes to game pass so uh, those will all be available across cloud and on console and on PC, except for Age of Empires 4, which is just PC. So very cool stuff.
1: What else we got? So yeah, there was also some that were announced, but no release date set yet, or they're not coming out in the next year. And I just wanna briefly touch on those. Uh, list them out. Slime Rancher 2, that looks hilarious. Tom, I think you played the first one. I never played the first one.
0: No, I I didn't play it either, but it does look hilarious. It's one of those ones that I considered downloading and playing with my son because he would think it looks super silly. Um, But yeah, you run around suck up these slimes that look like, you know, bunny slime and cat slime and you put them in these little cages and you build a little base and it looks kind of like a cross between a base builder and Pokemon collecting all the But there are just tons of slimes all over the place um so obviously the first one did well enough that they're making a sequel
1: yeah obviously uh i guess i'll have to try it out since it will be on game pass uh and all of these games that we've discussed by the way they're all coming to game pass it's just a matter of when uh Mm -hmm. and all of the games that we were discussing in the previous segment they're all coming on day one so as soon as the game is released they're on game pass you don't even need to buy it or pre-order it or anything. It's, it's, it's there. Right, um Right. Speaking of fun games, by the way, there's also a fun game coming out. that <laughs> looks, looks pretty fun. It's called party animals. That one we looks were great. having a big yuck about this. During oh my watch God. Party. Yeah. Um, this is
0: like gang beasts.
1: But <laughs> it looks really funny.
0: Yeah. But instead of like weird looking blobby dudes, you're a bunch of these funny little animals with like super you know overdone physics like their bodies just like shake and bobble around and they pick each other and throw each other off things and punch each other and like it looks super funny um this i don't know this is another one of those games that i like if you have kids you want to play this with your kids because it's i'm sure it's going to be a hoot
1: it's a hoot and a holler oh yeah the i i'm calling the corgi uh whoever i play with like maybe when i play with my girlfriend i'm i'm calling uh the ability to play as the corgi yeah, i want the gorilla uh, or the just punk because pig. corgis look like they should be that jiggle <laughs> bad jiggly anyway yeah they kind of do the punk pig looks pretty cool yeah punk pig or gorilla
0: i think i might go gorilla he looks pretty silly um,
1: and the final the final two games we got to highlight Uh, a plague tale requiem which is the sequel to the first plague tale game and somerville both of these look like really interesting stories if you're into stories more than gameplay maybe it looks like you'll like both of these
0: yep yep and that'll do it man that's it's a lot of stuff it there's i think they knocked it out of the park i'm giving this a four i mean yeah we may not be getting you know all the games this year but then again who has time to play all of these games all in one year i think that we're gonna have more than enough good stuff to dive into over the next year and a half before we can get to starfield or any of these other games heck we'll have halo to play with by the end of the year i'm guessing that's like december probably second week of december something like that put that put that in the hat tom thinks second week of december we'll see if i'm if i predicted right i'm going to say
1: the Thirteenth, and I'm gonna counter that. No, not thirteenth. Twelfth. Just to be different, I'm gonna counter that, and I'm gonna say before Black Friday. Ooh, or maybe on Black Friday. Ooh, yeah, maybe. I'm gonna counter it and say on Black Friday. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction. Black right.
0: Friday. We'll see. We should do an episode where we so, make all these crazy predictions, and we see if they come true.
1: Well, you you like what? What's that phrase again? You like you you make enough predictions, and eventually one of them is. That's basically why people are so amazed at Nostradamus and things like that. Uh, But yeah, I was really impressed with E3. I thought it didn't disappoint me as much as I thought it would. I was pessimistic going in. I'll put it this way. I was pessimistic going in. I was optimistic coming out.
0: Yeah. 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 I think, I think it's a great, great group of games. Well, we got to head out. Thank you everybody for tuning in and thank you for, uh, being excited about these things with us. Um, I'm happy to, to share this with all of you and and Sam is as well. We'd love to see your thoughts and comments on the discord robots radio discord. Just look it up and search it. You can find it, um, or pop in one of our live streams, twitch.tv slash robots radio for me, twitch.tv slash N seven, the legend for Sam. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on some of this stuff while we're playing other games. Sam, are you, are you playing a stream again soon?
1: I am. I'm going to be streaming this week, and I'm going to dive into some Wolfenstein. Uh, if anyone wants to come watch that, this is this is going to be my honest first playthrough of any Wolfenstein game. Ah. So uh, I I barely know anything about Wolfenstein, ah. other than the fact that it has a, a like a storyline similar to the Man in the High Castle.
0: Ah, I think you're going to be in for a treat. There's some cool stuff, and I, I hope you stick th- with it and get into some of the newer games. I haven't played all the newer games, but I do know where the story goes. And I think you're gonna be like interested in in what develops because they've done a really good job as it's kind of continued. Once they they revamped the series, they've done a really good job with the modern ones. from a story standpoint and characters that you meet and those kinds of things. So yeah, cool stuff. Um, I will most likely be streaming more this week before our next shows. So this is Tuesday when we record this Thursday and I'll just give a shout out. So the show's coming up Thursday, come and join us Thursday night. All the nights that we do shows, they start at 9 PM Eastern. So Thursday is elder scrolls and dungeons and dragons lore casts Sunday, is Cyberpunk and Mass Effect and Sam and I do Mass Effect together. Again, it starts at 9. Mass effects Lorecast is at 10 30 Eastern. These are all Eastern times. Mondays are now the Witcher lore cast, which is brand new. We started tonight and this show starting again at 9 and 10:30. And, and the Fallout lore cast is usually sometime in the afternoon on Thursdays. But um my co-host, my my daughter Lainey is my co-host and she does an awesome job and her work schedule's been changing. So we'll see if it sticks to Thursdays or not, but we'll we'll let you guys know. But those are all the shows that you can watch at Robots Radio, and you may catch me during the day playing games like Sea of Thieves. Maybe I'll do some more of that because of the big update coming out, or some of the other Game Pass games like uh Darkest Dungeon. I might jump into some Darkest Dungeon. You know, I like the creepy stuff. So That's what we got coming on. Uh, And if you want to check out our Twitter account, you can always do that as well. At Mass Effect, not Mass Effect. This man, I'm looking at you going Mass Effect. It's at Xbox Game Fast Show. What is our Twitter account?
1: at, At Xbox underscore show. At Xbox underscore. That's
0: what it is. I do too many shows, guys. I have too many Twitter accounts. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. See you later.
1: Following is a public service announcement from the Starter Set Dungeons & Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the Starter Set podcast. You know how, like, poison frogs don't lick each other's backs? So it's How's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm-hmm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. <laughs> Because one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. <laughs> so join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? We will see you starside.
0: Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day.
1: So come and listen on
0: Spotify,
1: Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember swooping.